0: and keep working. You know, we know what we got, we know what we here, we know exactly what we have here. So don't don't let one game ruin that. I don't think the game's Welcome to Triple Zero's The Anti-Hot Take Sports Show I am your host Josh Buckhalter Be sure to follow me on Twitter At Josh G. Buck Hit the Facebook page Sports. Website is clockersports.com And the email address is Contact at clockersports.com And of course You can follow the show On Facebook uh, Twitter and X Slash Instagram At Clockersports uh, We've got a lot to get into Of course I'm joining you right uh, In, the, in the, the wake of the Chicago Bears Season opening loss To the Green Bay Packers A 38-20 debacle And we're going to Break some of that stuff down Talk about uh, Where I kind of stand After what I've seen this uh, offseason, training camp, preseason, uh, and then in week one and where I'm at with the team going forward. Obviously, it's week one, so you, you don't want to overreact, and this is the anti-hot take sports show, so we're not going to you know go too far over the edge either way, but we're going to try to find the, the, the middle line here and talk about some of the stuff that we did see. Um, also, as usual, we're going to touch on some other things around the NFL and the NBA as well. So with that said, I think um, we, can, we can, I don't want to say safely, right, but we can kind of... Look back at what we saw uh, with this Bears team and kind of realize that it wasn't anything that they a sold us and then b uh, I don't think that they necessarily were ready for it to be uh, what it was and and by that I mean they bought their own hype and maybe a little bit too much. It's okay to believe in yourself, but I think that there was a, a bit of uh, too much buying and like I say, buying into your own hype there. That kind of led to what we saw, uh, a team that looked like they were outcoached, outclassed in every single facet of the game. And so, um, like I said, man, we got some clips to get to. I have some audio from Justin Jones. We'll talk about some of the stuff that I heard in the locker room, and then I'll point you to something I'm going to have coming out tomorrow morning as well. But with that said, let's get right into it. Whoa! Let's try it one more time. <laughs> Yeah, we You got to have the volume up if you want things to actually play out loud. That's how that works. I don't know if anybody knows that, but now you now you know that. So um, the Bears, again, like I said, fell 38-20 to 20 at home to the Green Bay Packers in what was really one of the saddest showings I've seen, um, not just in a season opener but period. And I say that because it was 10-6 at halftime. Um, and so that just tells you how things went. The Bears had the, the total yardage advantage, and they looked like maybe not a new Bears team, but they looked like a team that was, that was uh, not going to let – this game in the way it did and that's out of hand um, a lot of the the narrative coming out of that is you know it's as usual Justin Fields is not good enough um, but you also have plenty of people who are ragging on everybody from the top down from the coaches to the GM to ownership that's a that's a common one um, the players as well you know you, you can't win games without players playing up to their expectations and up to their standards. Uh, And nobody uh, almost to a man did that uh, in yesterday's game. So that's, that's one of the things that I think that you kind of have to realize is it might be easy to point to one thing, but when you see what you saw and you give up, what was it? uh, uh, 28 second half points, right? That's a complete and utter failure all the way around. That's not just one player, not one person, one position group. Uh, That being said, there are some things that stood out in that game that I think are are, are very notable and need to be, uh, maybe not necessarily you know dissected more, but just something that we got to keep filed away for future reference because um, I think that the Bears are are there there could very well be a gut check moment very early on here in the season as they try to right the ship um they've already talked about you know uh, in the locker room quite common actually to hear guys saying that you know this is one game not gonna let this define us and this that in the third which is all well and good uh but the problem with that was like i said this entire offseason they had been building up to uh it's a new day it's a new era it's a new x y and z you know what i mean because this is what they had been building for it. Aaron Rodgers was gone from the Packers. It's supposed to be their time to take the reins, if not in the division, at least in this rivalry. And it showed, and, and and to be honest, you know, it showed that they, that they were not ready yet. And to be honest, I'm not sure that that narrative was a valid one to begin with, because for as much consternation as there was about Jordan love and him taking over first year, starter, all set third, two starts all in his career before that, even though he was drafted a year before Justin Fields, I think what we forget is, most of those pieces were still part of that group that was whooping on the Bears for the past couple of seasons. This is not, and, and you know, and the ownership group is still there. The people who are in that in that building, um, there's there's a certain level of I don't want to say pride because that was that would make it you know seem like I'm saying the Bears players don't have pride in this, but they take it personal in Green Bay and they know how to uh, how to handle this group. I I watched that game and I was kind of surprised that. The approach, it was almost like, and I've, I've said this multiple times to people, and I've tweeted this out, but it was like they were waiting for a counterpunch or, or, or an adjustment from the Packers that just never came. It seemed like they were trying to lull the Packers to sleep with their short passing game and then go up top, but Green Bay was more than happy to make them matriculate their way down the field, which they couldn't do. Um, and then the running game that was so strong last year was was pretty much bottled up outside of Justin Fields running. Uh, you had the uh, the... Passing game was non-existent, and that's multifaceted too. Multifaceted too. It's not just offensive line. It's not just Justin Fields. It's not just play calling. It's all three. And if you want to pick a favorite, that's fine. But I am unable to evaluate Fields, in my in my personal opinion. I'm unable to evaluate Fields because I'm not sure that he has gotten the best, A, protection. I know he hasn't gotten, but the numbers bear that out, that he has not gotten the best protection. Uh, on top of that, though, I'm not... Sure that their Bears are quite sure of how to use him yet. Still, still, to this point. Remember, it took them to like, what, week seven last year? Justin had to come out and say that he was tired of getting close with the offense and not scoring before they adjusted things around his skill set a little bit closer. Um That's how you got all the running down the stretch. Now, he was running before that, but kind of kicked it into gear um from that point. Now, this season, this offseason, the talk was about his development as a passer. And if you follow me again, follow me on Twitter, at Josh G. Buck. You've known that I had said... Uh, throughout camp that I just hadn't seen enough to say th- anything either way about his progress that we heard about. You know, he vowed to be the Bears' first 4,000-yard passer this season. Um, and he finished with 200 yards in week one, right? But a lot of that was garbage time stats against shell defenses that weren't really trying to do anything. When the pressure was on, the line didn't handle it well, and then he didn't always handle it well. And I think I think it's a big part of what they were doing before. Like You can say, oh, well, he was clean in this pocket. He didn't throw the ball. He should have thrown the ball here. Shell shock is real, man. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sure that, you know, at that point in the game, if the the flashbacks of last year, whatever the case may be, if he wasn't kind of, you know, reliving bad moments and seeing stuff. Now, we saw that, uh, uh, I believe it was Adam Johns from The Athletic tweeted out uh, stats from True Media that the fields was pressured on like 50-something percent of jobbacks, something like that, high pressure rate for fields. Um, and then the, the, the Packers were doing a lot of zone, zone blitzing. And for a running quarterback who is still learning how to read defenses and the field and prop make you know go through his progressions and all that kind of stuff, making him think longer makes him take longer in the pocket. He's already got a high release time as it is. You, you start to see where those breakdowns came from. Now that doesn't you know excuse the o line for making their mistakes. It doesn't excuse Fields for making the mistakes that he made. Like I said, holding the ball too long sometimes, um, missing wide open players because it sounds like hearing him talk. Because he did say that the game plan was for for shorter passes. Now, we don't know if that meant to set up longer passes or what, but we do know for a fact that uh, the the shorter passes were a part of the game plan here, which, again, seems odd with the speed that you've added, the size that you have out uh, in your skill positions now. It just didn't seem to make sense from the get-go. But that being said, that's what their plan was. And so you start to see, okay, well, he's not got to think. And if your routes are all short, And they're sitting deep and no one's able to, you know, work their way through because they're in a zone as it is. I just, it was a full level failure on everyone. And I, I, it's, it's, if I wasn't trying to, you know, uh, find some kind of tangible reason for hope and reasons to doubt both ways, you got to see it both ways here. I would say this is flushable tape, but it's not, you got to pay attention. And then that brings me to the next thing, the tape. While we can talk about fields, we can talk about the offensive line. We can talk about the defense one player has been getting a lot of, of, of publicity this offseason because of his attitude, because of his perceived attitude. Let me say it more clearly, his perceived attitude and a reputation that's followed him from his previous team, and that's wide receiver Chase Claypool. There is uh, clips going; There are clips of him uh, going around on the Internet, of him not trying his hardest, it looks like, of him getting bullied by a smaller defender on a block on a screenplay that got blown up, um, and just overall not giving uh, a full effort. Uh, after the game, he was not around in the locker room for comment. He kind of got out of there quick. I saw him, but he was it was in passing. As I got in, as we were coming all in there, he was getting all out of there, and it was all kind of you know just a, a big rush. And then before I realized it, I thought about it, and he was gone. People were asking about where chain. chain. I was like, oh, you know what? I think he dipped out. So who knows what that is? We know we saw him kind of uh, have that uh, have that on field sideline moment where Fields had to go and cut, uh, calm him down. But they've been raving about him this off season. Um, he, had, he was having a good camp from what I could see, uh, before he got injured. And then the preseason, you know, it was just all build-up. All the talk has been the build up about week one, about the Packers, about the new day, about the new, the new vibe in the building, about how they got talent now. And it just feels different. And then they went out there and played like that. So this is not going to be what it's going to sound. Like. I know people are going to be like, you can't excuse what Claypool did. I'm not excusing what he did at all. But I will say this, if I am and we know receivers are divas and 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 you know that's the whole stereotype but if i was a playmaker and i was talking all losses about how we were going to tear people up we're going to we're going to bombs away we're going to air them out we're about to do this thing and then we come out with the game plan that they showed against the packers the conservative run the ball short passing game screen game and never getting off of that despite the fact that it wasn't working even if the game was close it was not working you were 10-6 because you couldn't punch the ball to the end zone. That was very similar to what we saw with the offense last year before that watch or you know up to that Washington game. So, I don't condone what, what Chase may have been loafing. I don't I wouldn't condone that. That's what if that's what was happening, um the tape can be suggestive, subjective, obviously, uh, didn't look good, I'll tell you that much. But I understand. I understand a playmaker being frustrated with thinking that they're going to be able to do something that you're going to build on something, that you're going to be uh, this newfangled explosive offense and to come out and look like the same old Bears. Again, so much of this offseason was about different, different vibes, different feelings, different different attitudes, different players for the same result to be the outcome. And I think that that's where the most disappointing part is. It's not that they lost. It's not that they lost to the Packers, because I think that if you took a step back, most people would be able to see, okay, well, the Packers team was far better Last year, even only, what, winning nine games? They were still far better than the three-win Bears, more than the record even showed. Switching out a quarterback will change some things, but even still, that at most probably would have made them neck and neck. And let's not forget, while Love is the least experienced in terms of playing time, he does have four full seasons now, well, it'll be his fourth season, of this offense. The same offense, and I wrote about this for Clocker Sports. Visit clockersports.com. Um, <laughs> the same offense that Justin Fields is trying to master. So there's a bit of a learning curve that I think is getting kind of lost here. In that, yeah, Phil to, or, or Love is stepping in for the first time full time this year, but he's been there. He's seen it. He's done it, and he had a very good role not only of how to do it, but how to do it against this team, right? How how he's been he's been privy to the the expectations without having to bear that, and now he steps into that role, and and uh, the parts around him are, are established for the most part. They were worth out their top receivers, but it was it's two young receivers in Dodds and Watson. Watson did not play. Didn't matter. Jaden Reed, rookie, did well. Beat Eddie Jackson for a, a, a touchdown. Wrote about that too. Eddie Jackson put out a message. And it's very much on par with what was being said around the locker room. You can check the Twitter. Again, follow me on Twitter, at Josh, on X. I keep calling it Twitter. That's what I'm going to call it till, till forever. But um, I tweeted about Eddie Jackson. tweeted about Khalil Herbert. They both kind of, or I wrote about, excuse me, I wrote about Eddie Jackson and tweeted about Khalil Herbert. But they both kind of expressed the, disappointment how tough this loss was and you can see that it bothered them because they felt like they were ready and they weren't and eddie said not to say that they needed it but that you know it was a punch in the mouth and now the important part was how they responded and i think that's key but it's 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 almost a, a upsetting again they were a very very confident group coming into the season i'm sure they're still a very confident groups so i'm not saying that that's gone but you have to look back like, oh, well, what did we not do that had us so wrong about how confident we were and what we could do? You understand this? There was a missing link there. And that, you know, Matt was asked today about uh, why things didn't work for the Bears and they worked for the Packers and why this seems to be the same story. And he didn't really have much to say about it. And I think because he, it, it you know, he kind he of got, got that drilled down look in his eye. But he went back to the, we're focused on us. And I think that's smart. I think that's smart. But it's not going to go away until you show that who you are. What are you, Other than this, if this is what you are, then this is what you're going to get. You're going to get those kind of questions. You're going to get this kind of, of, of ridicule, deep you know dive analysis and stuff and jokes. You got Falcons reporters tweeting out jokes about how Jordan loves the new owner of the Packers. You had three months. If you didn't win any other game this year, you were supposed to win that game. And that's why I say it's not just on one player. It's not just on one position group. It's not just one coach. It's everybody. Because if nothing else, this was supposed to be your game. And you built it this way. They've set it up to be this way. They've built it up to be this way. The league set it up. But they built it up to be like this. They talked about it. And they did not deliver. And it was really kind of sad. And I think that you know when you, when, you, uh, when you go back and you look at what was happening, you kind of see Okay, they weren't ready. They just weren't ready, and I don't know if there's any other way to put that. And that's why I say if you're going to blame anybody, head start at the top. But if you're going to blame the coaches, you got to blame the, the GM because he hired the coaches. And I've, while I've I've liked the moves that Polls Ian Cunningham have made, I've liked what I've heard from Matt Eberflu's The results have not been there. They've been the opposite of of what you want to see, and we're starting clocks on players. I'm always one who starts clocks on on executives and coaches just because I've seen teams turn themselves around from changing ownership sometimes. And and I want to say it's a lot more common when they change the the leadership group and people who are running things more than it is just just the players because A, you got to get the players to mesh. B, you got to get players to fit. C, you got to get players and and still afford all of that. And then D, you got to have the quarterback to make it all come together. There's a lot of moving parts there. The coaches, there's a lot of moving parts too. But we know successful structures often start at the top and then work their way down. It's not the other way around. And so, when you keep seeing these things, you keep seeing the same lack of progress. You, what are you? What else are you supposed to uh, uh, attribute it to, other than well, it's a total organizational failure? Even the guys who aren't playing on the field, that's just what it has to be because. Again, your entire offseason was built up around being different, being better. You got goals this season, and you were going to beat Packers because it's Packers week, and it's a big rivalry, and it's it's just one of, of 17, but it's a big one. It's the big one, and you needed it, and now you got to bank on moving forward. After the game, uh, I talked to... Defensive tackle Chris Jones or Justin Jones, excuse me, Chris Jones just signed his extension today. That's why he's on the brain. Uh, I talked to defensive tackle Justin Jones and and asked him just what the message was to the the locker room now that they are kind of you know stuck or not cut kind of stuck, but now that they are behind it, you know, you you talked a big game. He was one of the people who talked a big game. So how do you bounce back now? And this is what he had to say. I can, man, keep working. You know, we know what we got. We know we go here. We know exactly what we got here. So don't, don't let one game ruin that, man. You know, at the end of the day, man, we, we still got some good guys. We're in some good, some good players. <coughs> I, I know we're gonna come back next week and we're gonna ball. So and so there you have Justin Jones, confident that they're gonna ball next week. They take on Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road at Tampa. Then they got to go again on the road to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. It's not a very uh, Not a very comforting scenario if you are a Bears fan, but that is a reality of what they face. And so we'll see how they respond. Um, Jones was not worried about that. I asked him specifically, you know, does it make it more challenging now that you guys have to do this travel? And he was pretty adamant that it does not. And again, this was something that I heard throughout the locker room. But um, he was he was one of the people who was pretty clear and pretty uh, assertive that, you know, it doesn't matter necessarily what they have to do. They just have to go do it. And I, I respect that to the fullest. So uh, here's Chris Jones or Justin Jones. I keep doing that. Here's Justin Jones uh, again on uh, what the Bears have to do going forward, how different, how much of a challenge, how much of a bigger challenge it is that they have to go on the road now uh, after this such a loss in trying to regroup. No, man. We still got a regular team that we're going to follow, man. We're, like I said, we're going to put our head down. We're going to keep working, man. We've got 16 more games. Like I said, you know, it's a lot of good teams lost their first game, and they still ended up playing in the playoffs and still going for Super Bowl. So I'm not really worried about that. Like I said, it's, it's, just, it's just one game, man, and we've got to bounce back. We've got a really good team here, man. I truly believe that. Confidence. That's what you want to hear from your leaders in your locker room, especially the guys who were talking the big game beforehand. So uh, I tip my hat to, to. I keep wanting to call him Chris Jones, that money that I, I keep. Yeah. Anyway, I wrote about it for uh, last word on pro football. Go ahead and check that out. Chris Jones uh, agrees to a one-year contract ending his holdout. But Justin Jones is a leader in that Bears locker room. And that's what you want to hear from your leaders. Steady, Right, head up, chin up, chin, uh, chest out. We're going we're gonna to push forward. You have to because if you sit there and dwell on it, it'll start snowballing on you. Now, this is a fiery, feisty Bucks team that's going to blitz a lot. Justin's going to have to learn how to uh, uh, deal with these zone blitzing schemes. I think they might play more man than than Green Bay will, but it's going to be a lot of blitzing. And pressure has gotten to the line. It's going to get to him at some point, so he's got to not get routed by all of that. Um, I say that to say, it's a long season, man. I have to agree with him on this. I, I as much as I would love to flip out. We're gonna give them. I'm gonna do the old Lovey Smith. You get a quarter of the season. Can you get to the quarter of the season? Where are you after that? If you're two and two there, I don't know if we are gonna to be too mad at that because there are already be two thirds of the of their of their 2022 win total right then and there through, through four games. So that's where the hope is that's where the hope has to be um, tomorrow I should have an article about Roshan Johnson and what he had to say after his strong game despite uh, having a loss so we'll, we'll have that up for Clocker Sports uh, tomorrow around the rest of the league man watching Max that's what my head keeps hurting I'm sorry I'm a little bit distracted because I'm watching the Bills and the Jets Aaron Rodgers went down early in the first quarter um, I want to say it was like snap number two but it might not have been that soon and so um, he's been out for the game or he's been out they said his return was questionable but I don't think he's come back in yet as I've been recording here so um very tough situation if you are the jets um again like i said man it, it's it was a weird week around the nfl of uh, several upsets we saw the four, the 49ers stomp the steelers that's not really an upset but the steelers got absolutely boat raced uh, at home just like the, so listen i get it dallas cowboys blanked the new york giants 40 to nothing um the eagles had needed a late drive to win the the seahawks were were barely uh even there you had the the viral clip of geno smith going oh my god when you saw aaron Donald coming through the line a wild week but i will say this and again this is the anti-hot take sports show uh triple zeros follow us at uh triple zeros.com you can follow the show triple zeros on twitter um this is the anti-hot take sports show man but this is week one so you gotta remember that let's let's take everything in stride for you fantasy folks out there don't go willy-nilly with the drops and the ads that was me i was that guy Okay, before this, before triple zeros, I was that guy. I was the the irrational. Let me make this move right now. Now, because I, I do this, I start to think a little bit longer before I make any decisions. And I just I just would suggest that to everybody making uh rest of the season prognostications about actual football, making moves with your fantasy team, all that just be ready because it's gonna be a very long season. Let's switch gears and talk about some NBA real quick before we get up out of here. <laughs> LeBron James uh, in the wake of Team USA's loss to Germany in the FIBA World Cup uh, Germany went on to beat uh, Serbia in the finals and win gold. USA lost to Canada in the third medal the third place game bronze medal game my gosh um, and so they did not medal for the second tournament in a row LeBron is supposedly recruiting players and has already gotten some players on board I believe Jason Tatum Steph Curry the likes of those guys are already uh, willing to go now They might have been willing to go anyway. There was a belief that the players were skipping out on the World Cup because they wanted to do the 2024 Olympics in Paris, which makes a lot of sense. Um, And, you know, American NBA players have long deprioritized the FIFA World Cup. So I'm not surprised by any of all of that happening at all. I am surprised by the reaction because there's been some people who were kind of like, ah, whatever. And then you got the Gilbert Arenas guys. And I wrote about this for Heavy.com. Go ahead and check that out on Heavy on Lakers. Um, About... Arena's just going in like, man, they done messed up and let Brian get upset. And now Brian's recruiting. They did the Brian coming. It was a very, very entertaining rank Like I said, read that up on uh, heavy on Lakers. But I don't know if, if the FIBA thing will ever come back around because of how it's structured, because of how we've deprioritized unless players suddenly have a change of heart and want to compete in that again. I don't see the gap necessarily close or, or reopening for the U.S. They might win again, but they won't have that gap, that control, that dominance that they had back even when they won back-to-back titles in 2014 and what, 2010, something like that. Um, so I wrote about this for Heavy on Bulls. Uh, Andre Johnson was talking about how the gap has just closed. There is th- These these teams have gotten better. Steve Kerr said it, head coach of the team U- of Team USA, has said it. The, the international teams are better now and there's a sense of pride when these NBA level players that's why I kind of and we'll talk about the Noah Lyles thing in one second that's how we'll close out with the Noah Lyles stuff um, but you got NBA players on these other teams now. Before, those guys were still trying to make it to the league. Those guys were prospects for the league. Some of those guys never came over to the league. Now, these guys are in the league, playing in the league, winning, produce, producing in the league, and then going back overseas to finish out their careers for another four or five years. Like, this is not even uncommon anymore, right? Uh, Nikola Mirotic left in 20, what, 2020, 2018, 2019, something like that. He was, he's he been gone for a little bit. He just retired and won MVP, not uh, but a couple years ago. Like, it's, it's different. It's different. And so now you have this influx of talent. You have a uh, lack of, of, of desire by Team USA uh, potential participants waiting maybe for, for the Olympics or whatever reason. It's a perfect storm to have what you have where they're falling out, not meddling at all. And it'll never be as big of a disgrace as it is in, in the Olympics. If they don't meddle the Olympics, they better not come home. Like they might need to just stay over there in uh, Paris but they can come home from the Philippines. Like, people are upset, but we'll move on. It was, it was fun basketball to watch. And then Noah Lyleson, the whole world champs, NBA champs thing. In, in conversation, I always say, I've always said NBA champs. I might have written world champs every now and again, but I'm, I usually refer to them as, as NBA champs. Now, I will say this about his point. What are they the champs of? How are they the champs of the world? They don't play against world competition. That is wholly untrue, because as I just pointed out, a lot of these FIBA teams have NBA talent on them. Uh, Serbia had Bogdan Bogdanovic and Nikola Jovic. Uh, Germany has Dennis Schroder, both the Wagner, the Wagner brothers, uh, and there's a few other guys that I'm blanking right this very moment. But they're, they're, these are they're a starting five. Daniel Tice, former bull, on that team. Um, these teams are loaded with NBA talent now, and by loaded, I mean your front line. Now they'll never boast the depth that U.S. can send, even with their with their backup squads. But but there's not that same level of Will want to, and a lot of these guys have played. When you go back to these foreign teams, they've played with these guys before. There's a there's a it's more of a reigniting that bond, reconnecting, than it is trying to form a connection like Team USA has, and then. We get to the style and stuff, and I just was not a fan of how Curry deployed the team this 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 uh, time around. Um, any of it. I just was not a fan of it. So hopefully they can get it all back. But I do say uh, if you want to say if they want to say World Champs, I don't have a problem with it because it is an international league. It is a global league, even if the, it's based in America and their games are played mostly in America in North and United States. You got to be specific now in this conversation in the United States and Canada. So I guess North America. It's world because the three, the last five MVPs have been won by three, former worn players. Okay. We just saw a team laden with NBA talent, NBA players, not, not former, not future, not potential current NBA players, right? When the people world cup, the NBA is an international league. It's a global league. It's a global brand. And you know, this, so why are we even debating it Now, now <laughs> from that point on if you want to say world champs go for it but if you really prefer them to be nba champs you're not wrong there is i just don't understand how we can't understand right i don't get how you don't get <laughs> that a global league which it is the top talent comes to the nba let's not say there's not talented players overseas the top talent comes to the nba that is an undeniable fact if that's where, from the, around the world, and that being the case makes it an international, global league. Therefore, when you win, I can say you are the world champ because, damn it, you didn't beat people from around the world. It's not a country versus country thing. That's cool. Doesn't mean I, I just don't see that meaning any less because everybody plays here. It's not just limited to American-born players. Sorry, that's just the way it is. That's gonna cool do it for this episode. Triple Zero. So be sure to follow me on Twitter at Buck. Hit the Facebook page, Clocker Sports website, clockersports.com. Email address is contact at clockersports.com. And of course, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at triple zero three zeros pod. That's the number three, zeros pod. And the website, of course, like I said, Clocker Sports. Read the stuff, man. Last word on Bulls, or last word on pro football. Heavy on Bulls, heavy on Lakers, and soaring down south. And of course, Clocker Sports. And until the very next time. I know we're going to come back next week and we're going to ball.